we've been, we're talking in a series, one thing that pastor and I have been really feeling is like the Lord saying closer. This is time to get close to me. Try, time to draw close. And so our key verse we really want to emphasize this month is James 4, 8. And so I have it on the screen because I think it's so important. And we think it's so important. We want you to memorize it. You guys ready? Let's say it together. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Come on, I think we could do better. Come close to God. What an awesome promise, amen? Uh, if you come close to him, he's saying, I'm going to come close to you. That is awesome. That is an awesome promise that he, he has made. And, and I believe with my whole heart that he wants us to draw closer than ever before. And, uh, and part of that is in prayer and fasting and devotion, reading his word. And that's why we're t I even said, memorize this, because, you know, Psalms 119, your word have I hidden my heart that I won't sin. The more God's word gets into you, the more you can walk in alignment with his will. So that's why allow the word of God. The word of God is our plumb line, amen? It's, it's where we can find stability and strength and guidance. And, and so I challenge you in that. Well, today I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, that I, the message I'm going to title, Are You Ready? Are you ready? And you might say, what in the world is she ready for? Some crazy stuff. No, are you ready for what the Bible calls the calling away, the rapture, the rapture of the church? And um, there's an old hymn that we sang, and maybe you've heard this old hymn. It's called, How Great Thou Art. Have you guys ever heard it? There's a verse in it, verse 4, that says, When Christ shall come... Well, you know what? Timothy's going to help me sing it. You ready, Timothy? When Christ shall come With shouts of acclamation With shouts of acclamation And take me home And take me home What joy shall fill my heart joy shall fill my heart Then I shall bow Then I shall bow In humble adoration In humble adoration with shouts of acclamation. Lord, we just come to you today and with hearts eager to hear what you have to say. And so, Lord, as we dive into your word, I pray it penetrates our heart. 
And God, I pray that if there's anything in me that wants to get in the way, I just ask you, God, to remove that and Jesus to shine. Oh, God, draw us close to you. And I thank you, Lord, that we're going close to you. And you said you'll be close to us. And so we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to do a quick study. If you haven't ever done an inductive study or like a a verse by verse, we're, we're not going to technically do that. But we are going to dive into a whole chapter today. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at 2 Peter chapter 3. So 2 Peter chapter 3, if you don't have it or you don't have an electronic version, it's going to be up on the screen. So feel free to read along. Here it goes. Peter's saying this. Peter is the author of this book. He actually writes two books. Let's read it. He says, dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I've written both of them as a reminder to stimulate you into wholesome thinking. So Peter, the author and apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, he, uh, he is writing this letter. And one thing you need to know when you read letters or, uh, or, or in the gospels from the apostles or prophets, you know, the word of God ha- transcends time. Meaning that even though he is writing to specific people, to a specific time frame, this letter really can be a letter right to you. Because that's what the Holy Spirit, the Word of God says in Hebrews that it's living and active and sharper. So it's continually transforming. That's why you can read the same verse and get something new every time you read it. It's because it's a living Word of God. The words are the same, but what it does in our heart and life changes us a little bit in our, in our reflection and how we see it. So let Pete, the apostle Peter is writing here and he's saying, I'm right. I've written these letters to you. He wrote these letters to the church of Asia Minor, a persecuted body of believers. And he is writing this toward the end of his life. And so this is just before Nero would have Peter arrested and Peter would tell them, I am not worthy of being uh, uh, put to death in the manner of our Lord because they were going to crucify him. And so they ended up crucifying Peter upside down, uh, church history tells us. And so this is toward the end of Peter's life that he writes these words. And, and I just want to encourage you today that as we study this, can you hear the heart of Peter? These are the last words that he's probably going to, he's saying to the church. It's the last letters he's saying to you. So I love that word that Nick gave. This is to you. This letter is for you. So listen, he says in verse 2, I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through the apostles. Peter's saying, um, don't just take my word for it. What I'm going to tell you, the instructions I'm going to give you have been talked about by the prophets and by even our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know that the Old Testament actually has 17 different references of the second coming of Christ? One of them is out of Jude chapter 1, and it says this, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, so seven generations from Adam, prophesied about them. He said, see, the Lord is coming with thousands and thousands of his holy women to judge everyone and to convict all of them of all ungodly acts and they have commit that they have committed 
in their ungodliness. And of all the defiant words, ungodly sinners have spoken against them. He's saying, do you see the Lord is coming? Daniel chapter 7. Daniel says, in my vision I looked and there before me was one like the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. And he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. And he was given glory. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. Listen to this. All nations and people of every language worshipped him. Now remember, Daniel is a Jewish person. And during that time, they didn't believe outside of the Jewish uh, nation there would be salvations. But Daniel is saying, I see, I see every language. I see millions of, in every nation worshiping him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Peter is saying, you need to remember the prophets. They've been saying this. And he's saying, and remember, he's speaking to a church that remembered that. And listen, it wasn't just that. He was saying, remember what Jesus said out of Matthew 24 in the Synoptic Gospels. We read in verse 7, let's pick it up after the, remember the disciples said after Jesus was saying these things are going to happen. He says this, for as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there's vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from its sky, the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the people of the earth will mourn when they see that the Son of Man comes in the clouds of heaven and with power and great authority. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other that's exciting look at uh, paul said it like this in first thessalonians 4 which really we we get the rapture or this taking away and i know some people may go well the word rapture isn't in the church well there's a lot of things that aren't in the church but the belief the meaning is in the, the scriptures. First Thessalonians chapter 4, 16, and says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command. Oh, listen to these three loud voices, these three sounds. A loud command, the voice of the archangel, the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be, what? Does anybody know? Caught up together with in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Jesus is coming back, y'all. Yeah. Jesus is coming back. I hope that soaks in for a minute. I'm telling you, we are one day closer than we've ever been. Jesus is coming back. There's going to be a trumpet, and I believe it's not going to be too long, because why do I believe it's not? I know some people are, oh, he's been, you've been saying that for a long time. It's true. We have. 2,000 years. It's true. But I believe as we study this text, you're going to see that even though that has been said, that doesn't mean his delay is his denial. He's coming back. 
You know, and if you don't know that, there are so many signs, there's so many prophecies that are being fulfilled to show that the coming of the Lord, and one of them is huge. It's in every media outlet that you see today. And that is the war in where? Do you guys know? Israel. The war in Israel. The war in Israel, or what I personally believe is the Psalms 83 war. Psalms 83 tells about uh, 10 nations rising up around Israel to, to come in against them. And uh, it tells about this. Listen what verse 4 out of Psalms 83 says. It says, li listen to what Psalms 83 says that those nations say. Now this, now this is the Psalms, the Psalm of Asaph. So this is th uh, uh, several thousand years ago, okay? They say, come, they say, let us wipe out Israel as a nation. We will destroy the very memory of its existence. Yeah. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah. From the river to the sea? That's what they're saying. Listen, that is what is being proclaimed. When you look at this map, you'll see Old Testament. That is the Old Testament names. But, and then we stuck it kind of on here so you could see the modern day countries. And notice, even as the days are escalating, even the, just this week at different nations that are joining in against, in this fight against uh, Israel, we can see it's being fulfilled. So that's why I personally believe it is the Psalms 83 war or the Ezekiel beginning of Ezekiel uh, 38 and 39. It's because really we've never seen in history all these nations join together, become allies, and even significant uh, people that you would never think uh, are making comments about this war. Uh, like China, the foreign minister of China stated at the beginning of it, he said, we urge Israel to have restraint and that uh, a way out of the conflict really lies in the implementing of a two-state nation solution and establishing an independent state for Israel. China, who has been the worst, the worst in uh, human rights and, and uh, righteousness, now is making statements. And you, you go, well, what does that have to do with anything? Listen, I believe, I believe that God is bringing the, the, the hand of China into it because that's a part of Magog and the, the war out of Ezekiel 38. We know that China has to get in there somehow. So listen, I just want to tell you, am I freaked out? No. But I do want to say this. This war is not just political. Don't, don't get fooled into it. It is biblical. And, and uh, it's deeply spiritual. And so we must pray. We must pray. The scripture tells us to pray. We pray for Israel. We pray. Absolutely. Do we pray for the people of Palestine? Absolutely. Do we pray for these nations? Absolutely. But we are praying and asking them that Jesus be revealed. I remember a messianic uh, ministry called Jews for Jesus told us one time, when you pray for the peace of uh, Jerusalem, remember they need to know the Prince of Peace. So pray for the pre Prince of Peace to be revealed to them. So let's pray. Let's believe and keep your eyes open. Yeah. You know, uh, 
Because all of these things, all of these are, are, are an awareness. And, and you might go, well, what's that all about? Well, you know, I got, I got born again early 80s. It, actually, it was 1980. So uh, the Lord started working in my heart. And, um, I, and I say that and I think, wow, was that a long time ago? I guess it is. <laughs> and, uh, and so in the 80s, uh, I got born again. I, I gave my heart to Christ in an Assembly of God church. And so we had Sunday morning service, Sunday night service. We always had Wednesday night service. Women's ministry groups. We had, you, basically, you lived at the church. You just lived there. And, and in those early days, uh, they would, usually on Wednesday nights, they would talk about the return of Jesus. They would be like, are you ready? Are you ready? They would, and they would talk about it. And so I would hear this, and I had given my heart to Jesus. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. But during that time, uh, the early 80s, actually it came out in the late 70s, mid-70s, there was a series of movies that hit the, hit the big screen. And, um, and boy, churches were using it as an evangelism tool to reach people for Christ. And the series was called the Thief in the Night series. Does anybody in this room even remember that? You'd have to go back. So I put a little clip up here. The Thief in the Night series. What this series was about was about Jesus. He had come back, so the trumpet had sounded. The rapture had happened. The people of God had, had been in heaven, and now the earth is doing what the so basically let me give you a little summary of what this movie is like as they play this little clip i think you guys can play it Distant thunder, a story of tribulation and the end times. That the hymn should not perish, but have everlasting life. It begins where a thief in the night ended. I know, you guys are looking at it, you're like, that is the cheesiest thing I've seen in a long time. But I want to tell you, as a teenager in the 80s, this was high The motion picture you are about. Oh, we're going to see it again. <clears throat> so, so in, uh, I, li- I lived in a small town in Arkansas, and, uh, and there was only 5,000 people in the whole community. And so if we really wanted to see something cool, we had to go, you know, to the big city, Arkadelphia or something like that. And... Um, so we went, we all loaded up in the church van, and we headed to go see this uh, movie. And we, I was so excited. I was like, oh. now I'm saved. I love Jesus with all my heart. And so I get in that van, and I, we're just praying on the way. God, you're going to bring people there. They're going to see Jesus today. And we're, we are praying. We are praying. We get to that church, and the church is packed. I mean, I was so ex- I was just excited. I'm going to see people know Jesus today. They start playing that movie, and I kid you not, this was me. <laughs> I was screaming at the end. I was like, ah! 
I was at the altar. I was repenting of any sin I even thought I committed. I was repenting of sins I, I hadn't committed. I'd hear somebody else, oh, Jesus, that's me too. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me. Wash me in the blood. Wash me in the blood. I was calling on Jesus as much as I could because I wanted to be saved. And, oh, you guys, are you playing it? Yeah. So they had this song. Oh, well, are you ready? Build on the... F- I wish you all been ready. I wish you'd been ready. That's the whole song. So they're playing this song. The whole building's coming to Jesus. It is a come to Jesus morning time. It's because it's like, I wish we'd all been ready, but we weren't. That's the whole movie. You weren't. So you're going to miss it. It scared every devil that might have thought he had a part of me out. It was out. It was out. Thank you for that beautiful rendition and that beautiful music. Listen, why did they want us to get that movie? Well, they were wanting people to know that Jesus is coming back. And you know what? I think that's a good message. Now, because we, I was in Arkansas and during that time, you got to know, they would tell us, Jesus is coming back. Don't go to the movies, Colleen. And I'd say, why? Well, uh, we don't know which movie you're going to, so it could be a bad movie. And if Jesus comes back, he'll leave you behind. So I didn't go to a movie. Uh, don't play card games, because card games might equal gambling, and gambling will send you to hell, and Jesus will come back, and... You'll be left behind. <laughs> Don't play dice games because dice games can lead to gambling. And gambling can lead to sin. And sin will, and that, you know what? Guess what? I'd be left behind. I didn't do it. There was so many things I was, I was terrified to do. I was terrified because I, I remember some people one time told me, go to the bowling alley with them. And you guys are like the bowling alley. Well, the bowling alley, people drink liquor moonshine we were in a dry county in a dry area meaning there was no alcohol but in the back people sold moonshine you know you're in arkansas when (laughs) when moonshine's a thing so in the so but i was like i'm not going that bowling alley because jesus could come back and he will see me and he will go leave me behind listen i got home uh, after that movie and with my friend and we went to her house because it was late we entered in her family loved the Lord her dad was a deacon in the church I mean they honored the Lord so we get in the house lights are on TV's on her mom's not anywhere <laughs> I am perspiring my friend, my friend whose name is Cindy, Cindy and I are walking around, and it was a small little homestead house in Arkansas, and I, and I said, I'm going to go to the kitchen, because her mom, you know, <laughs> we thought we'd been left behind. Listen, I'll never forget that feeling. That was a sinking gut feeling that I'll never forget. Have you got anybody in this house ever had that feeling that you got left behind? <laughs> My kids say we tricked them and did that. I don't believe it, but that's, a, that's another story we'll tell a different day. 
Listen, what the early, what I believe I was learning in those formative years of my life was that the coming of Jesus was imminent. It was coming, and we needed to be ready. Did I need the legalism? No. Do I, do I play some card games now? Yeah, I'm a good Uno player. I'm pretty mean, y'all. I could take anybody on for a good game of Uno. <clears throat> but you know what? Back in those days, the legalism needed to go. But do we all need to know that Jesus is coming soon? We all need to know that. He is coming, and we need to be ready for that. Peter goes on to say in verse 3, he says, Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. And they'll say, where's the coming he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything is just as it has from the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget the long ago by God's word. The heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of the waters and by the waters. By the water also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. And by the same word, the present heaven and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Peter is saying to them, he's saying to you and I, he's saying, don't forget God destroyed this world once. It's coming. Judgment's coming. Yes, we serve a God of love, but judgment is coming, my friends. We cannot ignore that if we, that we serve a God that is loving. He is love, but he is also just, and he will judge sin. Peter goes on and says, don't, but don't, do not forget this. One thing, dear friend, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. He's saying, I I understand you think that it's been a long time, but don't you see with God, it's just a drop. It's just a drop in time. And it may seem like you've been waiting and you've been here. Maybe you've heard this message. Has anybody heard this message before that Jesus is coming back? Come on, raise your hand. I want to see. Well, has you know what? You may have heard that. I've been hearing it for all these years, but that doesn't mean he's not coming. He's not. Listen to this. I I love this verse. This is I believe out of First Peter three. This is one of my favorite parts. He says, "The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with who? Come on, with." you the lord is patient he's not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance isn't god gracious he's been waiting for you to get right he's been waiting for me to get right jesus isn't coming back yet because he wants us to tell our neighbors our family our friends he wants us that's what he's he's not slow He is merciful. And instead of being, where are you? When is this going to happen? We need to have a heart of saying, thank you, God. You were patient with me. And you're patiently waiting for me to share the good news of your son with those I love. You're patient. He loves. That's what the word is saying. 
He's, lo- he's waiting for not anyone to perish. God isn't slow. Listen to verse 10. But the day of the Lord, listen, he's not slow. You need to note this, that the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar and the elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. This war in the Middle East could be the final countdown. I don't know. Jesus could come before I finish this, this message today. He could, it could be another year. It could be another 10. I don't know. But I believe with all my heart, we got to get ready. We don't know. Like a thief in the night, the scripture says. We don't know. A thief doesn't make his announcements. Hey, guys, I'm going to break into your house at uh, 7 o'clock tomorrow. Make sure nobody's home, okay? Hey, can't. Thieves don't do that. They come when it's unexpected. They come. Listen, do you know that there, right now, today, there are over 42 million people who have not, or 42%, I'm sorry, more than million, 42% of the worldwide population that still hasn't heard the gospel one time. Not one time. There are millions... I'm saying millions. It could be. uh, There are several thousand, I know, uh, um, languages that have not had the gospel translated into their language. There's a ministry called Joshua Project, and I would encourage everybody to download their app because one thing they do, and I've had it for several years, but every day they have, like, let's pray for this people group. And so they have a people group, and I just open it. And some people groups are uh, have the gospel, some don't. But I just opened it even today. And let me just say, this is just today, just just a portion. In India, a, a, a people group, a group of individuals with 221,000 people in this group have no Bible interpreted in their language. Zero out of these 220. 1,000 people. Zero of them have come to know Jesus Christ. They can't, they can't, they can't. Zero are evangelical. Zero. Listen, why am I sharing this? Because God is not slow in keeping his promises. He's longing for those people groups to hear that good news. How do those people groups get the good news? Isaiah says it this, how can they go unless somebody is sent? How? You and I, if we're believers in the Lord Jesus, he's waiting on you, he's waiting on me to be his hands and feet on this earth. And that may be go to some people group. That may mean to answer the call and say, yes, I'm willing to do that. I will get out of, that's what Peter is saying. He's saying, don't you realize everything that is around you is going to be gone? You're worried about your 401k, your house. Can I get this paid off? Can I get this bill paid off? And he, it's all going to be gone. Nothing's going to be here. All the things, you know one thing I've discovered? I used to buy my daughter these beautiful dolls. We we would save up. We're going to buy a beautiful doll. We thought she just loved those things. They were collector dolls. Scott made a special shelf. Of these dolls all, all over, 
we thought that was the best thing. She went to college, left him there. She got a little older, and I said, you know, it's time for you to take your stuff out of my house. <laughs> I've been hauling it around too long. So my daughter said, and I said, oh, look, you have these boxes of dolls. What do you want to do? She goes, Mom, I don't want those dolls. Those are the ugliest things. I've always hated those things. <laughs> she said, Mom, they got creepy eyes. They look down on you. I don't know. I don't have... All those years, we were buying dolls. We were spending money. We, we thought we were storing up some precious thing. Can I tell you, I couldn't give those dolls away. <laughs> Everybody that saw those dolls, well, that's the creepiest looking doll I ever saw. <laughs> we were investing in the wrong thing. Don't invest in the wrong thing. Does that mean God doesn't want you to have something nice? Absolutely, you can. But no, it's temporary. Everything on this earth is, is going. And I want to share with you really quick five things, five ways you can be ready for the coming of the Lord. Five ways. Number one, you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you haven't made Jesus Lord and Savior, that means you surrender. That means you confess your sins and say, Lord, you, what you paid on the cross is enough to cover all of my sin. If you do that, that's the first. But Peter goes on to say this about it. He says, so then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, what are they looking forward to? The coming of the Lord. If you receive Jesus as the Lord of your life, you need to be looking forward to his return. You shouldn't be apprehensive and afraid. It's an exciting thing. Philippians 3.20 says this, but we are citizens of heaven. That's why I'm saying don't stockpile on this earth and neglect heaven. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth can't eat it, where rust can't destroy it. Right? We need to do that. We need to be willing. But listen, you're citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we eagerly wait for him to return as our Savior. Titus 2.12 says this, and we are instructed to turn from godly Godless living and sinful lives. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God while we look forward to the hope, to the wonderful return of our glorious Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let, look forward to the return. That's number one. Number two, make every effort. Peter says this, Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and have peace at hand with him. There is a false doctrine of grace that is being taught. It's been taught ever since biblical times, but it seems to go in waves. And it is out once again, and this grace says that uh, because uh, what Je Jesus has already settled everything, and we can just relax and enjoy God. And the doctrine says that as a Christian, you can't sin. Jesus covered your sins, so it doesn't matter what you do. He paid for it all. Well, Jesus did pay for it all. But listen, you have to do something. You have a responsibility. That's what Peter's saying. Make every effort. Don't just sit back and say, kumbaya. Listen, you, and, and can I say this? 
Making every effort may mean going home today and cleaning house. It may mean it on your computer or your TV or your screen, you have some things that you know don't honor God. You know you have some channels that you need to get rid of. You need to stop turning to that. You need to make every effort. You need to get rid of magazines and books. And can I just step on a few toes here and say, you need to stop listening to music that turns your heart away from the Lord. If it's filled with profanity, don't you know that the word of God says your speech needs to be wholesome and building up? Don't listen to stuff. I was going to say garbage, but yeah, it is garbage. Thank you, Colleen. I'll pat you on the back. Good job. Don't listen to garbage. That's going to take you down. Clean house. And can I say, dare I say, if you're watching online and you got out of the habit of coming to church, come back. Stop saying you're enjoying it at home and putting us on two speed. I'm going to say this really closely. Do not forsake the assembling together. Get back home. That way, if you listen on to high speed, you know, they get it. (laughs) Listen, the scripture is saying, make every effort to live a life holy and blameless. And then it goes on, bear in mind that the Lord is patient, means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote to you, the wisdom of God, bear in mind, keep this in your mind, keep this thought Don't let it go to the back burner. You are a citizen of heaven if you have committed Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. And if you're a citizen of heaven, it's in the forefront. You separate yourself for him. You know what? Right now where we are, can we just say, Lord? Come on, pray with me. Say, Lord, I ask that you would help me to make every effort to live holy and follow you. I want to live for you, and I want to see your return. In Jesus' name. Verse 16, he writes this. This is what Peter continues. He says, he writes the same. He's talking about Paul in all his letters, and he's speaking to them in this matter. His letters contain some of the hard things to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort. And that's what I was telling you about, where they twist the grace doctrine. As they do this, uh, as they do the other scriptures <clears throat> to their own destruction. When we twist scriptures, it's to our destruction. Paul was a great, great minister of grace. But don't get it wrong. We have to make, we have a responsibility. Peter says, therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, look at this, be on your guard. That's, a, that's point number four. Be on your guard so that you may not get carried away by the error of the lawless and fall into the secure... Into, from your secure position. <clears throat> Don't ever think just because you pray to prayer that you can just go live like the devil. <clears throat> you can't. You have to... The, the, do you understand you were bought with a price? Amen. The precious blood of Jesus bought you. Yeah. 
And if you give your life to Christ, you have to make an effort. You have to be on guard. The enemy wants to steal. The scripture says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. If he can, if he can grab your leg and drag you around, he will do that. But listen, don't live a life that isn't pleasing to him. And I'm, am I saying that if you sin, you're lost? No, I'm not saying that. His grace is, it can cover but what I am saying is if you live a life, if you practice habitually a lifestyle of sin and disobedience, you're hardening your heart to him. And let's not be deluded to thinking you're serving him if you've hardened your heart to him. You know, part of Jesus is that he is Savior and he is Lord. That means he has dominion and authority to, over my life. When I say, Jesus, your Lord, I am saying, you are the boss. Lord, you tell me what to do. So Peter is saying to grow in this grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be glory back both now and forever. And that is the final point I really want to... We have to grow. It is time to grow up. It is I Listen, have you been through hard stuff? Yes. Absolutely. I know. You've, we all have endured some hearts. And some of us, uh, some of the stories I've heard are hard. But can I tell you, if you've committed your life to Christ, it is time to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. Have you ever heard these people say, well, that's just the way I am. Take me for who I am. I don't got no attitude. Or how about this to your spouse? You know what you married? I didn't cover that up. I, I was like that when you married me. Can I tell you this? We are to grow. Who you were. You know that hot-headed one? That, that one before you came to and really surrendered your life to the Christ? That angry, hot-tempered, oversensitive easily offended person that person needs to be gone yeah. colossians 1 6 says look this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world and it's bearing fruit everywhere by what changing lives just as it has changed your life just as it has changed your life from the day you first heard it and understood the truth until now about god's Wonderful grace. The you that was you doesn't need to be you anymore because you need to be a new you. Amen. <laughs> right? Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore now if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone. The new is come. Listen, listen, I, this is so important. We have to grow. If who you were, if who you are today is who you were 10 years ago, you are stuck. Yeah. 
And it's time to repent. And it's time to turn your heart back to the Lord. And it's time to say, God, I want to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord. And I've told you guys this before, but I'll say it again. I grew up in a family of Irish German people. And every time there was something that agitated my family, my parents, just a little bit, that macaroni is burnt. I mean, it was... And it was huge and explosive and fits of rage and anger and throwing things would happen. And we would always say, well, we're Irish. That's what Irish do. We're a little hot-headed people. (laughs) And Irish people, we just explode. Can I tell you, that is a lie. That is a lie. That the enemy wants to hold us captive. Listen, if your identity is more important than the obedience to the Lord, then you aren't committed to Christ. If your feelings, I I feel this, I, I can't receive this from, you can't receive correction, then you are limiting yourself. You're putting limitations on yourself. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense? If, if I can't receive correction and I'm not willing to continue to grow, I'm stunting myself right here. Yeah. And I'm going to be right here. But I want to be what the word says, glory to glory to glory. I want to be transformed more into his image. Do you? So I have to grow. I have to grow up. I have to, I have to, well, I should have brought him. Uh, my, my daughter bought me some big underwear for Christmas. <laughs> and I'm talking big. But I have to put him on. <laughs> I got to put him on and I got to grow up. I got to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. I don't want to be stunted. Do you want to be stunted? It's time we grow up. It's time time we allow the the Lord. We got to grow. And I love this. I love this. I love this where he says grow in grace and knowledge. So I grow in grace. That's why I I had to repent of my fits of rage when I read in the scripture that doesn't please you, Lord. I, I turn from it. Does it mean I, I don't feel that in me? Absolutely. I, the Irish in me. Maybe it's over here. <laughs> oh, I have to bing, get out of here. I don't walk in the flesh. I walk in the spirit of the Lord. And I believe with all my whole, my whole heart, listen, that God doesn't want us to just go on feelings and whims and and tradition, and this is what I identify with, or this is what I believe. We have to go back to the Word of God. And I'm going to grow in the grace, and I'm going to allow Him to transform my mind by allowing His Word into me. And I want to be surrendered to Him. Do you? So my appeal, my, my plead with you today is, number one, are you ready for the return of Jesus? If Jesus came this moment, would you go? Would this building be empty or would you be left behind? 
You can make Jesus Lord of your life today. You can know, the scripture says, you can know that he is your Lord. And so, words, oh, Timothy, you, good job. <laughs> Woo, that, and that was like a thief, wasn't it? <laughs> you, you know, I'm going to ask, is there anybody in this room? Come on. Don't be afraid. Maybe you have been trying to... Uh, Pull the wall over the Lord's eyes and live life like you wanted. And, and today you've heard this message and you say, you know what? I'm sick of living a compromising life. I want to live a life of total surrender. Today's your day. So I'm going to ask you. I, I know pastor said we don't, we don't let you stand out. Sometimes I think we need to let you stand out. Sometimes, not that there's anything magical that happens, but sometimes it's a breaking of my will to come forward to say yes to Jesus. It's, it's me saying, you know what, I could do it back there, and yes, Lord, you'll meet me, but something powerful, can I tell you, is going to transform if you'll say yes to Jesus 100%. 100%. So I'm pleading with you today. If you haven't made Jesus Lord of your life, if you, beyond a sh any doubt in your head, think that if the rapture happens, you're not going to make it, I'm going to say, come on. Come on down to this altar. We got our prayer team, come on. And, and I just, come on, anybody in this room, don't hesitate. Don't delay. You know, you know you have been obeying the Lord and I, if I, I could plead with you anymore I would Jesus is coming back you guys he is coming don't don't delay don't delay and I'm going to ask some of you also I'm going to I want to pray for you guys because I think some of us are stuck. And if we looked at our lives, we would say, there's no measurable growth that has happened in my life for some time. I believe the Lord is wanting to have a change in you. And so I'm gonna invite you to come. Maybe you haven't seen growth, but you're like, Lord, in 2024, I want there to be a change. I want there to be growth. I wanna look back at my life. Anybody in this house that is ready, you haven't seen that measurable growth, but you're ready for it. Come on, make that step forward. Make that step forward. You're ready. You're not holding back. You might have been holding back on something. Maybe you justified anger. Maybe you justified something. Come on, allow the Lord to minister to you today. Draw near to him, he said, and you're going to draw near. Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. I'm going to get quiet here just for a little bit, and you might say, praise God, but I want you to, to say, just ask the Lord. Just ask the Lord, should I go forward? 
I want prayer. I don't want to stand alone. That's why we come together. That's why it's important to stand. We don't stand alone. We stand together. We can pray for one another. So if you need prayer for any reason today, you can come on up. Nobody's going to judge you. They're not going to be looking at you and saying, oh, I knew they were going to get saved. Come on, humble yourself and ask the Lord. Allow him to speak to your heart. Timothy, lead us in something. Take us my light to Calvary where Jesus bled and he died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet. My Savior on that cursed tree. He shall return in robes of white. The blazing sun will pierce the night, and I will rise among the saints. My gaze transfixed on Jesus' thank you. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you that it cleanses us. And Lord, we look forward to your return with eagerness and expectation. We're looking forward to it, Lord, and help help your people. I pray, Father, for an anointing over your people to share the gospel, that we would not be, that you, once again, just as you did in the book of Acts, would pour out your Holy Spirit in this house to fill us, God, with boldness to proclaim your love and your goodness and who Jesus is, the one crucified and risen again so that we can be with you, Lord. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to lives, for transforming us. Lord, help us to grow in that grace and knowledge. 
And I want to end today by saying what Revelations, the last chapter, the last part says. It says, he who testifies of these things says, yes, I am coming soon. And the church says, amen.